Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. We are coming to you live from Brookline, Massachusetts. Dory's hometown. Matt's wishes his hometown. Aw. <laughs> we were in your hometown today. We went to Lowell. We had a great time. I love Lowell. Uh, yeah. Guys, we made it across the country with uh, Henry. Yeah. Full he did, report. He did great. Henry nailed it. He's a great travel baby. He's a great travel baby. He is a plus as one of my carry-ons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were like, I think we have too many carry-ons. And I was no, like, I wasn't like, I think we have too many carry-ons. I was like, how is this possible that we have so much stuff? And I said that my friend had informed me that they don't count the stroller or the diaper bag. Which seems just like bad counting on their part. <laughs> And we have a travel stroller, so we're able to fold it up and put it in the overhead. 
which was, I mean, look, here's what happened. I walked off the plane forgetting Dory's suitcase. Yeah, and I was like, wait, where's the suitcase? <laughs> because I'm not used to carrying so many things off a plane. Yeah. Somehow I managed to get the stroller and open it. You did. But then I was like, all right. Then you came off and were like, where's my suitcase? And I was like, I'll be right back. I'll go back on the plane. Well, it is my suitcase, but it had all of Henry's stuff in it. Yeah. It was our Henry case. It was like our, we can't risk this getting lost suitcase. So let's take it with us, not yeah. knowing that I would be stupid enough to just leave it in the overhead <laughs> bin. But you got it. I did. I made my way back on the plane. We hadn't, I hadn't left the jet bridge. Yeah, we hadn't left the jetway. The corner of the, I haven't even, we hadn't, I didn't even turn the corner. No. Was staring right at the flight attendants. Yep. One of them was coming out with the bag when I was going in. Oh, she was? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, I was like, yeah, that was me. First time traveling with a baby. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, he did He did really well. First of all, one very tiny person has over doubled the, the amount of stuff we have to take. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last... What was the last time I checked a bag? Our honeymoon? Hawaii, because it was so far and so long. Mm. I mean, those are, I've pretty much checked a bag in my life like three times. Yeah. And now it's apparently going to be every time I'm going to mm-hmm. have to check something. Yep. I don't get this. Welcome to your new life. <sighs> Baby traveling. He sat, but we just passed him back and forth, mostly yep. with Dory. Because he was a nap machine. And he slept in the carrier. Slept oh, also, he had a huge poop right before we got on the plane. Yes, he did. Right up his back. Classic Henry. Well, we were at the gate. You suckers. I'm going to make a giant poop. It was like 10 minutes before we were boarding. And I was like, oh, I should change him. And kind of like hustled to the bathroom. And he had made a huge poop. Yeah. And Dory changed him on the plane. Yep. Because I, I refused. Yeah. I did. said, I've never been in an airplane bathroom. I don't want to break the streak. Plus, I'm too big. You go. <laughs> you would have been tight in there with the changing table. I wouldn't have cared for it at all, which yeah. is why I was like, my wife is thin. Why doesn't she go? <laughs> um, I'll hold down the fort you did. of our seats. You did hold it down. Um, but yeah, he, he cried very briefly as we were starting the descent, um, as the captain had warned us would probably happen. Mm-hmm. Um and then gave him a pacifier and his ears got unclogged and he was fine. Yeah, for the five hour and 20 some odd minute flight, Henry was an annoying loud baby for about 45 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it, we sound like we're bragging. I'm not bragging. But I'm we kind s- of are bragging. We got lucky. We did get lucky. We're, we only, we're not bragging that we're like amazing parents. We're, no. we're just bragging that like we happened to get an easy baby. Well, we got lucky on this flight. Who's to say that the six hour flight the other way doesn't make him go cuckoos? Yeah. Well, and the flight... That's going to be midday. And it's going to be his bedtime. Close to his bedtime anyway. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to be a whole ordeal getting him back on his schedule. Yep. We actually probably won't be that hard because we'll get home. We'll probably put him in bed again. Yep. I'm wondering if we should bathe him after the plane, probably. I think we should just put him straight into bed. Okay. And then essentially it's a matter of he wakes up on Thursday... What time does he wake up? Who knows? But we sort of keep him afloat until his normal bedtime, and hopefully we can reset this baby. We've tried to keep him on West Coast time. It's not, not working, really right? working. <laughs> it's creeping back every day. Yeah. Although today, what time did he go to bed? Eight? 
Eight o'clock. Eight. Yeah. Last night was 8.30. Yeah. So he's creeped back a half hour each day. Yeah. So it's five o'clock our time. Yep. Eight o'clock East Coast time. He, we, we realized that he was outside in the dark for the first time. Yes. He had never seen the darkness because he's in bed at <laughs> six, six o'clock on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Like in the bathtub, I mean. Yeah. So. He does not care for the bathtub that I got him. Well, that's one Boston. of the bathtubs I saw that I was like, nope. Well, I was like, oh, this will just be easier. It's like one one piece. And, and I was like, this is not easier. It doesn't fold. And he's too big for it. Yeah, he hates it. He hates it. So that was a fail. Um, I think we're just going to have to buy another one. Oh, boy. One that he likes. Because he's only going to get bigger, honey. Oh, I know. And like, we're going to leave this bathtub out here with your parents, right? Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, so we're not bringing it back. We should get one that works. Yeah, we should. Um, but... Um, he did well, you know, we had a little cookout for Henry today. A lot of people came out to see him and, uh, sort of knocked that out. Everybody came in one fell swoop, all of our friends. Yeah. Uh, he met a lot of babies. Oh, there were a lot of babies there. It was weird to have so many babies around with all of our friends that have babies. I know. You sort of forget that like we were the only ones who didn't have babies. I was thinking about that. I was like, if this had been last year, we would have been the only ones here without babies. Yes, but we also wouldn't have had the cookout. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have been so shockingly obvious to right, us. Right, sure. Um, but, I mean, he did great. I did get a little sad, though. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, this is so nice. We're just, like, hanging out at a barbecue at our friend's house. It's, like, super chill. Like, I can go upstairs and try to put Henry to bed. No one can. You know what I mean? I can, like, nurse him on the porch. It's, like, fine. Mm-hmm. We're all just hanging out. And then I was like, we don't really have that in L.A. No. And I got really sad. There's no, like, communal homes. No. It's an L.A. thing, though. No one has yards. We were in a yard with a what pool. What are you talking a... about? Everyone has yards. In L.A.? Yeah. Where? Who has yards? I feel like everyone we know has yards. Everyone we know has a yard? Yeah. People have yards. Why are we at their houses, then? Because we don't have friends. Who who are fr- we don't have friends? No. Guys, if you're listening to this in LA and you think you're our friend, <laughs> text Dory. <laughs> we don't have like If you're our friend, you have a yard and you're listening to this and you live in LA, text Dory Shafrir, the lady. Um, I'm just talking about those kinds of friends that you've known for a long time. Of course, just, how like, would we have any lifetime friends? Exactly, out there? we don't, which is fine. I just oh, I'm, it doesn't sound like it's fine. I'm just saying, it just like it just made me sad. It's not, I'm not saying that like I expect to have those friends in LA, but it's sad that we don't. Guys, I'm gonna let you know a little secret about Dory. It's never good enough friend-wise for her. She always needs what a different friend. Oh, my God. So if you're Dory's friend and you're listening, text her. She misses you. Wait, what are you talking about? I always need a different friend. Remember how we were, like, talking about going away to Palm Springs and then Mark and Chris were like, we bought our place in upstate New York, so, we're you know, money's a little tight and we're going to just stay on the East Coast this year. And then you were like, we don't have any friends anymore. And I was like, well, why don't we text them and see if we want to go east? And they were like, oh, my God, yes, please come. Okay, but that 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 anecdote does not prove your point. Well, my point was that 
you you just think that oh my god we don't have friends that's because i am a person with extreme emotions yes like the van halen song sure extreme emotion uh that's not the song <laughs> I meant uh, Aerosmith, by the way, not Van Halen. <laughs> Sweet emotion. No, extreme emotion. Anyway. Boston natives. I just, oh, yeah, they are Boston natives. I just, I just, it just reminded me of that fact. Mm-hmm. That's it. I get it. I think I don't get it. You, you just said you. You know got why it. I don't get it? Why? Really? Because you don't like, want that. No, we. Ha- I love my friends. I would love to live in Boston. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason. But also, like, just because we don't live here doesn't make them not our friends. I never said we that. We can just swing by every couple of weeks <laughs> for a five-hour plane ride <laughs> and a Sunday afternoon of football and fun. Okay. <laughs> Just going to take a little bit of driving and flying. <laughs> I don't want to subject Henry to that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look. That's it. It was just It was just a reflection. I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm not. Look, I just always I, feel just, like I have to fix everything. No, you don't. Here. You don't have to. I was just venting. You know I'm how sometimes. Fix it. You know how sometimes you get upset when you're just venting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I try to solve a problem and you're like. Can you just let me... No, 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 no. That's not what you do. Oh, boy. That's not what you do. You don't try to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You tell me to not complain <laughs> about whatever it is I'm complaining about. Okay. That's, well... That's different. Same thing. Guys, if you know of a friend of ours, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's also like... We have a lot of friends on the East Coast. Yeah. We just do. I mean, you spent your adult life here. Yeah. I spent my adult life on the West Coast. Yep. But all my friends that I made were in their 40s at the time. (laughs) So, you know. Yeah. Not exactly flush with babies. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I, I just always feel like I'm looking for community. I know. And not finding it. Right. How are you going to find that community? I, I don't think I can. If you're a community member, please call. <laughs> text Dory <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer. I mean, you're just, you're trying. You're out there. You're, you're hitting the pavement with the Mommy and Me's and the, yeah. and the rise. And I've made a couple of good friends from, from Mommy and Me. Good friends already, we're saying. Why are we at their house? Watching a, a football game. Because we're in Boston. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, all right. Look, if you'd like to be Dory's friend and you know her personally, text <laughs> Dory Shafrir. Honey. Yes. I, I have friends. I that's know not you what do. I'm, that's, that's what I'm telling you. I don't. I'm not looking for more friends. I'm looking for community. It's a different thing. I don't understand the difference. What is the difference? you want to break bread yeah i just like like i feel like if we lived in new york we would be 
at Mark and Chris's all the time. Yeah. And I don't feel like there's anyone in LA who were like, we're going to be at their house all the time. Well, when did you meet Mark? In college. Exactly. So I should give it 20 years. No, you missed the window. We're never Mm -hmm. finding friends like that. Yeah. All I'm saying is like, if you are like 23, make some friends because this is about it for you. Mm. Listeners, this is my advice to you. (laughs) Unless you want to join a bowling league. Sure. Which was the advice we gave other people who moved late in life. It's, But again, it's like, I, I feel like I have, I don't know, whatever. We're going in circles. No, this is an interesting conversation, I think. I get it. I mean, I think having a baby can sort of bring that out of you. But if I know my wife, which I do, she's always felt this way. As she likes to say, I miss my people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then she's like, Mark and Chris, Cindy Haruka which are her college friends. Uh-huh. So I'm just saying, I think I have an idea. What if you got a third master's degree? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm listening. And made friends in this college. <laughs> you go back to UCLA. I mean, you've never been to UCLA, but you go to UCLA and just sort of hit the pavement. Mm, okay. Make some real good friends out there. Uh-huh. And then they're your lifelong friends. Wow. All right. That's that's a good, great idea. Write that rom-com. I think that's a plot of several movies. There you go. Yeah. Never been friended. <laughs> <laughs> About a person who missed social media by a hair, never got a friend request, decides to go to college and pretend to be younger to make some friends. But they got there and they're like, I'm on Instagram. And they're like, we're all on TikTok now. And they're like, oh, and yo, no, what's TikTok? I got on TikTok last night. There you go. Because I, someone tweeted about Amish TikTok and Mennonite TikTok. And I was like, what is happening on TikTok? It is more rich and complex than I imagined. That's the beauty of a good social media site. You yes. Know? Layers. Yeah, exactly. And then I found the TikTok of an 89-year-old woman who gardens. Yep. I mean. Is that what you were laughing at when I walked in the house last night? No, I think I was laughing at something else. And then I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And you're like, I'm going to stay up and look at TikTok. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Oh, how the tables have turned. (laughs) I was like, it's 1030 on the East Coast. So it's 730 my time. I'm going to sleep. Um, What if TikTok is my YouTube? I I say go for it. If, Mm. If you can get the hours of entertainment out of it that I get out of YouTube, then... I say go for it. Wow. This is a lot. Are you on TikTok? Would you like to friend Dory Shafrir, the lady? <laughs> I haven't made any TikToks. Oh, so you can't make for TikTok friends until you make a TikTok? Well, I think it's like, like, why would anyone follow me? I don't make anything. Right. You know? You're a TikTok lurker. I am. I'm a tick lurker. Yeah, you're a turker. <laughs> um, <A> tick lurker. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're a Turker. Uh, so, look, I like peeling back the layers of Dory Shafir the lady. Because Dory Shafir the boy doesn't really have layers. No. He has one mode, and that mode... Well, he has a couple modes. He's, like, generally pretty happy. Yep. Happy, laughy, chatty, without saying words, and crank butt. Yeah. And he's crank butt when he's hungry or tired. Yeah. He was so tired tonight. He was so tired. He had a tear down his face. Poor little guy. 
Oh. He was so tired. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he met another science baby today. Yeah. They had some fun. They did. Uh, and he met some not science babies. He was wearing his service baby onesie. He was. Which you can still get on Cotton Bureau, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you want to be dressed like Henry Shafrir? Myra the baby? <laughs> That's his full name. Henry Shafrir, Myra the baby. <laughs> dot net. Um, then head over to Cotton Bureau. Get a service baby onesie. Yeah. There's a p- picture of him in that onesie I took today of him in a brown leather chair. I might have posted it to my Instagram story. So if you get this tonight, go for it. At Matt Myra. And, uh, wow, this has been quite a catch-up. It really has. Are you excited about the flight back? No, I'm actually dreading it. Yeah, it's going to be harder, I think. Yeah, it definitely is. Because it's going to be someone, later in the afternoon. Someone, I was, I was talking to someone about flying with babies and, and kids, and they were like, well, I just, you know, I made a mistake on the way back. It was like in the middle of his, the flight landed right in his bedtime. And I was like, oh, shit. That's exactly when our flight back is. Lands at 9.25 p.m. I mean, the other way you're doing it is like, I guess we could have flown to get back for his bedtime, but, but I don't know if that would have worked there either. Are only, there are only two flights, and the, the there's either like a really early morning one. Seven something. Or the 6 p.m., and I just felt like if we took the early morning one, then he would definitely be on East Coast time. He'd be so messed up because we would have to get up Yeah, because he'd be up at 4 early in the morning East our time. Coast. Yeah, so I was like, I think the 6 o'clock one is better. I say, everyone, tune in next week to find out if we broke Henry Shafrir, Myra the Baby.net. <laughs> yep, tune in next week. All right. In the meantime, we'll be right back. Hey, we're back. What's going on out there in the world of eggheads? There's a lot. Any new Spermcast fans out there? I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Check out Molly's podcast as she continues going through IVF. Yeah. Um, I think she had a retrieval. <gasps> Listen should, to Spermcast to find out. Yeah. We should check in with her. Um, all right. This is from Anonymous, who uh, we read their email last week, mm-hmm. and she wanted to pass along an update. I had a pretty scary spotting episode on Monday, but was fine the rest of the week. I went in for my latest scan and blood work this morning. I'm technically seven weeks now, and my doctor was able to hear slash find a heartbeat and see a fetus. Oh, wow. My HCG is up to 16,000. However, my doctors still seem pretty pessimistic. He said there's still a very high risk of miscarriage, and the spotting could have been the beginning. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer 
in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. He gave no explanation for why this is happening, especially with a PGS tested embryo. He said, we may never know. The whole thing has been such a nightmare. Basically feels like a month long, two week wait. I actually don't even know what I'm hoping for at this point. I thought hearing the heartbeat would make me feel better, but instead it really scared me because now if it ends, which seems likely I'll be losing so much more. I was prepared for the transfer not to work, but definitely wasn't prepared to be in limbo indefinitely. Thanks again. Anonymous. Oh, our heart goes out to you. Sorry. That is look horrible. I will hope for the best. Yeah. Same. I'll be like an Irish person. What? Expect the worst. Hope for the best. Uh, um, please keep us posted. And Feeling very Irish now because we're in Boston again. Yeah. And hang in there. I know I wasn't in quite the same amount of limbo as you were, but I was in limbo after my second transfer and it, it sucked. It was really, really the worst. It's a terrible time. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, all right. This is from Jessica, Mm -hmm. Matt and Dory. Matt said all the wrong things on the episode. You read my last email on, but my husband and I laughed anyway. So thank you for the laughs. Oh God. What did I do? Things have been a roller coaster since my last email. This is another person who had an issue with, with their, and I said all the wrong things. I think was I deliberately saying the wrong things? Oh, thank God. I think you were making some jokes. Oh, horrible things. I don't remember. 
At my first ultrasound to confirm location, the sonographer found what could be a gestational sac in my uterus, no yolk sac or fetal pole, but it measured six days behind based on my transfer date. So I got a surprise blood draw to see what my HCG had done. It rose, but still not quite 48 hour doubling time. I had another ultrasound five days after that. The ultrasound confirmed that I had a gestational sac and the sonographer even found a yolk sac. Still no fetal pole and I was still measuring behind, but progress. My RE called to talk things over that night, and he said he had guarded optimism about my prognosis. And final ultrasound two weeks later, the pregnancy wasn't viable. Mm. So now I wait for a DNC for my HCG to go back to zero and for my RE to decide if he recommends any additional testing. Ugh. Sorry to... Oh, God, sorry. I'm just so sorry. So crazy to me that I live in a world where I understood that entire sentence. <laughs> That whole email. Read the last sentence. So again. now I wait for a DNC for my HCG to go back to zero and for my RE to decide if he recommends any additional testing. <laughs> I mean, that is fair. That is a, you know, if you're not in this. Yeah, that's that true. Is gibberish. And, and actually, you know, we always say like no abbreviations, no, but these are like medical abbreviations. Yes. We are more in the, uh, uh, TTCs. Or the the DHs of the of the world. Ugh, those DHs. <laughs> I'm all for the designated hitter, but I still like National League Baseball sometimes. Well, you know, FTM is a common acronym in the uh, motherhood <sighs> message board Fuck Facebook group. No, but now it really stands for female to male, uh-huh. like for a trans person, and. In motherhood, it stands for first-time mom. Oh, I see. So it's very confusing if you don't know the lingo. Very, I understand. I mean, I understand that I wouldn't understand. Exactly. So that's why I don't like lingo. You have to, like, be in the know. You have to decipher things. Yeah, but don't you feel, like, a little special because you can decipher it? Like, maybe you're, like, you're part of a community. Mm, I don't see you what, love communities? I see what you did there. Yeah. Mm, but can I go over their house for a cookout? I bet they'd be they would welcome you with open arm. They'd probably be like holding a platter of hot dogs with the other arm. And a baby. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. It's from Anonymous. Longtime listener, first time emailer. The letter writer who asked for tips about how to conceal that you are not drinking socially in early pregnancy. Have we heard back from that woman yet? No, we haven't. I'm really, I would love to hear back and see what they have come up with. Good point. Got me to thinking about a question of my own. My husband and I are three months into trying to conceive. Hopefully soon we'll be pregnant. And I'm trying to decide how to go about sharing that news with people if and when the time comes. I know this has been discussed on the pod in the past, but I would be interested to hear your thoughts and those of other listeners. I have a close friend with a five-month-old who told me and seems like everyone else that she was pregnant after only five weeks. I was very nervous for her, but also happy that everything worked out. We have other friends who waited the whole first trimester before telling anyone, including family. My husband asked me the other day if I will tell my best friend and my parents right away when I got pregnant and how I would handle keeping it a secret. And the truth is, I don't know. I'm very close to all three of them and think I would find it hard to keep it a secret. Also, if I had a miscarriage, I would want them to know that too. My only concern is that if I tell a few people, will ultimately everyone in my social circle know before I'm ready to tell them? Will some people feel sad that they didn't rate the advanced info? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts from Anonymous in Ottawa, Canada with two adults, one dog in 900 usable square feet, though we have a 400 square foot unfinished basement. Well, you better finish that. 
so you can love it or listen. <laughs> um, I would. I would I don't like tell, to keep the secrets. Yeah, I was just gonna say I would tell them, and you know, you can say to them, "Look, I'm I'm only telling." you and my parents um, or to your parents, you say, I'm only telling you and my best friend. And I'd appreciate if you could, you know, just keep this quiet for the time being, but I wanted you to know. Why handicap your own, your own social functionability? If you are someone who likes to let people in on things and particularly to people, um, why why prevent yourself from being able to talk to them about things something huge yeah. going on in your life and you know you can say like this is really early you know because if you're not superstitious go for it anything could happen and um i just want you to know that like don't start sending out birth announcements yet i mean look at us we were i mean we do this podcast so it was like there was no chance of us not saying anything then you know what i mean yeah we just have been so open anyway that we have sort of forced ourselves into the position. Yeah. We had to. We had to tell people. And we did. And, yeah. you know, we're all, but like also we prefaced all the time. Yeah. It's really early. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. But. Especially since, you know, we'd already gone through this twice before. Yeah. So. Um, but I think being able to talk about it probably helped. For sure. The lady.net. Did it help mattmyrotheman.gov? No. Oh. I don't really talk a bunch. What? I don't talk that much. You talk on podcasts. Yes, they do. <laughs> but in life, I don't Yeah. really talk that much. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I do. And then I say, sorry, I do a lot of podcasts, so I'm in podcast mode right now. <laughs> I literally will apologize. Yeah. Sometimes I go, what is wrong with me? Why am I talking so much? <laughs> like in class last week? Yeah, li- I did that to the Rye class. Everyone was very confused by me, I think. <laughs> also, you hadn't, I hadn't been, been there in, in two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> so everyone was also like, what is happening? <laughs> Who is this weird person? Why does he have things to say about everything? <laughs> Why are none of them serious? <laughs> so... That's me. Yep. I'm sorry, everyone. I don't think they're listening, but if they are. Oh, I was apologizing to the public. Oh, okay. Not to the people in Rye. I see. Who are definitely not listening to yeah. this. Um, all right. We have an email here from Rochelle. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to your podcast since the very beginning while going through unexplained infertility and IVF for the past couple of years. We had zero success with our first two rounds of IVF and two failed transfers. And with our third, we experienced two devastating losses. We are now totally out of embryos and are considering stopping treatment or using donor embryos. I know that's our best option, but I'm not sure how much more loss we can take. I'm trying to find a way to process all this shit and I'm considering writing about it. My friend who's also going through infertility said it was really hard for her to find good first person books about infertility that were scientifically informed and not OMG baby dust. (laughs) She told me I should write a book and it's stuck in my head ever since. I don't know if a book will be a good format or if I should do a blog Are blogs still a thing. I want to include pictures. Do you think it's something people would be interested in? I don't want to make money. I just want to help people who are going through this. Like y'all have done for me. I'm an English teacher and I've always been told I'm a good writer. I also wanted to ask you what might seem to be an obvious question, but is it worth it? Is having a baby really worth all this heartbreaking bullshit? Hug that baby tight for me. 
Uh, TBD. Also, for any eggheads still going through infertility and struggling with the baby mentions, I really recommend becoming a Patreon supporter and listening to all the back episodes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that for the plug for the Patreon. Uh, those are those are all a hoot. Um, I guess I'll let you start. Um, I was just gonna say, yeah, go for it. Like, start a blog. Why not? What were you going to say? Were you going to say no? I forgot about that part of the question. Oh. The answer to that is, I think people still sort of read blogs. Yeah, although I think a lot of it happens like on Instagram. Yeah, or Facebook. Yeah. Um, But I think writing a book is also a very valid um, route. It's hard to sell a book. It's hard to sell a book, and I will tell you. But to release an Amazon singlet, or whatever the hell they call it. Kindle single? Yeah. I will tell you that I considered writing a book while we were going through all this stuff. And, you know, I've I've written a book before. I have a reasonably large platform. And even then, my agent said, it's going to be tough to sell this without some sort of ending. Which is shitty, but also the reality of, like, the publishing world. So it's going to be hard to sell a book that's just, like this is what I'm going through. You need to have gone through it. Like you need to have decided we're not going to have kids or you had the donor embryo baby, or, you know, you need to have some sort of resolution in quotes in that regard. Anything just because you want to have a book. No, of course not. But absolutely start writing now because then you'll have, then you'll have, yeah, then you'll have material. But I'm just saying in terms of selling it, it might be hard. That was just what I ran into. Yeah. Uh, I didn't run into that because I don't write things that aren't dialogue for television people, but I don't. I mean, I mean, it's, well, I don't know that I would have been able to go through it had I not had an outlet like this or therapy. Yeah. So by that token, I say you should give yourself an outlet. Totally. Fucking start a podcast. Yeah. There needs to be more infertility podcasts. Yeah. We're tired of holding up the whole stratosphere. <laughs> Us and sperm cast. Yeah, geez. And that other one, egg time. What? I made that one up. There's another one. <laughs> There's one called, um, it has a pun on like conception, I think. I forget. And then there was IVFML. IVFML, I met the guy. I met the lady. I met the guy at Sony, I believe. He came oh. up to me to uh, say hello and to thank us. I met the woman at the wing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So funny. Should We should have done it for crossover. They were a miniseries, right? Yeah, they did. They were a limited series. That sounds like an idea. Yeah. <laughs> we're a question mark. We just keep going. Yeah. You know how many vacations I've dragged a Zoom 3,000 or more miles just to be able to get this out to UV Egghead? Yep. A so, lot. So, look, I'm sorry. Sometimes you're too busy to listen, so you should download it anyway. <laughs> um, and to your obvious question, I th- I think it is worth it so far. Oh, I said TBD on that. Yeah, I know. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's good. I mean, we're very fortunate. Just keep waiting for him to be a son of a bitch. But he's such a cool baby right now. 
I'm waiting. He's really, he's in like a very he's in a good adorable phase. phase. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's monster time coming. Oh, 100%. And he feels like, I don't know if he feels like he's going to be an asshole toddler. Aren't all toddlers assholes? Mm, some aren't. Really? Yeah. But he's a boy, and I think that increases the likelihood of him being an asshole toddler. Mm, but girls are assholes later. Right. Yeah. Whew, tea. I guess keep listening, everyone, to find out <laughs> if oh, I think God. it was worth it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another short break. All right, we'll be back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Honey, yes, that was dear. probably the shortest break I've ever taken in my life. Wow. Well, we're back. Um, this is an interesting question from Anonymous, mm-hmm. who writes, love that you are continuing the podcast. I was hoping... We were just talking about that. You could cover some insights you have gained from the Rye classes. I've picked up a few, such as not using the bouncer, talking to the babies, etc. I was also wondering if you use the infant insert in the bath to prop Henry up, as Rye suggests not to sit babies up. I live in Atlanta. There are no Rye facilitators here. I've been teaching myself through Janet Lansbury's blog and podcast. Maybe you could send the Rye signal out for me, i.e. if anyone knows of such resources in Atlanta or nearby. For Matt. Almost 1,900 square feet with two adults and one <laughs> baby in Hotlanta neighborhood, Decatur. Yes, the place Dory visited. Sadly, I started listening to the podcast after that. Didn't we just meet somebody who lives in Decatur? Yes. Yes, at Kate's birthday party. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Dory's surprised that I remember things. <laughs> um, I love Decatur. Decatur was adorable. Um, okay, well, first of all, the rye signal has gone out. Uh, yeah, so if you're in the, it's crazy to me that Atlanta, being such a now bustling transplant city for Los Angeles, has no rye. Yeah, it's component. a very LA thing. Um, it's not like it's not like you know guacamole, but it's like started in LA. Guacamole didn't. What am I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> you know how avocado, you think California, you think avocados. Uh-huh. It's not like you think Los Angeles, you think rye. Right. <laughs> but it did start in LA. Yes. And it's headquartered in LA. Yeah. Um, what are some insights we've gained from the rye classes? I'm curious to hear what you have gained. Well, look, I have always been a person who said, I will just have some logical discussions with the baby. To which my wife said, you cannot have a logical discussion with a baby. We then went to the Rye class and they were like, you should respect the baby and talk to the baby logically. Honey, you've told this story about 10,000 times. I just love it so much because it was not just me. Finally, it was not just me. Yes. Finally, someone else got it. Magda Gerber. Magda Gerber, your ghost is probably with us right now. Ghost of Magda. 
Your this ghost, looks like a house Magda would have lived your in. Your ghost is probably <laughs> currently observing Henry <laughs> quietly. Um, look, I think it's been very helpful in the sense of like, I think we have a chill baby. Be not. I'm not saying it's totally because of Rye, but I think it has certainly helped yeah. the way that we let him sort of play and yeah. explore on his own. And we don't sort of, you know, we don't put him in a high chair. We don't have him in a bouncer. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a baby that can like roll over and he's not even five months yet. And he is a very strong core baby. You know, mm-hmm. he's got some good core strength. That yeah, kid. he does. We do put him in a bathtub with an infant insert. Yeah. Uh, we also have given him pacifier. We Yeah. So we're not totally right. Yeah. But we're mostly rye. And the pacifier came from Carolina. Yeah. Said it'll be good for him for his sleep. Yeah. Which it is. It is. And we um, don't we don't give it to him during the day. Right. It's sort of one of his cues that yeah. it's sleepy time. Yeah. Like, I mean, four seconds into his bedtime tonight, the pacifier was out of his mouth. Totally. But he it goes in and he's like, okay, it's time for bed. In fact, I mean, I don't even know where the pacifier is right now. I see Henry in the in the bed. I mean, the uh, the crib, the pack and play, whatever the hell this thing is. He's just side sleeping right now. He yeah. Oh, bud. I'm just so <laughs> tired. Um, you know, one of the things that... We've also done no screen time. We have done no screen time. Um which I was like kind of psychotic about in the beginning. And Matt was like, Psh, and then you have come around, I think. Sort of. There's, he does get a little dad screen time in sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think he's seen more than 12 minutes of screen in his life. Yeah. Total. Uh, well, I what's t- also, I think, great uh, about that uh, is like, uh, he will also not focus on a screen. Yeah. He doesn't know that that's a thing to focus on. Right. He just goes and pays more attention to like the person in yeah. the room, which I think is great. Uh, Here's what I was going to say. One of the things that Magda talks about is that the most important word for being, for, for raising a child is weight. And that has actually been very helpful for me just to like, take a beat before you interfere or intervene with a baby because just because they make a noise doesn't mean they're in distress. Totally. Um, And letting them kind of work things out for themselves, which goes against a lot of instincts that you have or that I had. Um, But now I'm like, I, I I practice that. Well, I have always said. You're hearing a buzzing. I don't hear a buzzing because I don't have headphones on, honey. I'm hearing a buzzing. Mm, I, I don't. What is that? Can I have your headphones so I can maybe find out if there's a buzzing? Um, maybe it's the monitor. Oh, I bet it's the monitor. Did that go away? I don't know. It did go away. I have headphones on. <laughs> It was the monitor. <clears throat> Back to Rye Talk. But I always was like, even when I would watch like my nephews and my nieces and 
to, I mean, to a larger extent, my second cousins when they were like little. I always noticed that, and whenever I observed kids in a park, mm-hmm. kids are tough. Yeah. Kids can like fucking take a header. Yeah. And get back up. It's only when a, an adult rushes over to them. Yeah. That they start bawling. Because that's how they're trained. Right. It's very interesting to me. Always has been very interesting to me. Well, and Henry, you know, I always thought when I had a kid, I would just be like, I'd let him sort of figure it out. Obviously, if he's hurt, I'm going to go over there. But yeah. if he like, you know, topples over face first, he's going to go, huh. He might make a, ah, but I'm not going to rush over. Right. I'm just going to let him sort of figure it out. Well, I think the other... He's a, lot, he's a lot like me. The other, like, philosophical thing that I've found really interesting and helpful about Rye is this idea that, like, infants are complete people, and they have their own... They have, like, their own inner life. And I see that with Henry, like, when he's just, like, talking to himself, mm-hmm. you know? Or playing with by himself and just so fascinated with things. And, like, we forget that... Infants don't need a lot to be, quote unquote, entertained. Like <laughs> Henry has like three toys and sometimes we throw an empty box. In. I realize we sound like assholes right we now. We do. We literally sound like <laughs> the worst people in the world. But this, I, like, I don't know. It's really been working for us. If you're thinking about having a baby, thinking about at least, you know, give Raya a look-see. See what's doing over there. Yeah. I mean, really what it is, I, I like to think of it as like not really... It's like the prime directive. This is going to sound very stupid. This is the, you know, in Star Trek, the prime directive of Starfleet is that you do not interfere with pre-warp civilizations and cultures mm. because they will naturally evolve mm-hmm. and find out that there is life beyond their star system mm-hmm. by eventually discovering warp drive. And then, then, of course, you know, talk to them, hang out. But until then, you're not supposed to fucking... Do anything. Mm-hmm. Don't touch them. Let them be. You can observe them. Uh, yeah, I mean... I think of babies sort of the same. It's weird, but I'm like, it's sort of like the same thing. I'm letting Henry grow. Yeah. And, and, but, and become a person. But I think one thing to clarify is that that doesn't mean that like we ignore him. No, not at all. Or And it doesn't mean... I hang out with Henry constantly. We hang out with him all the time. And it also doesn't mean that there are no boundaries. Like he doesn't get to just like do whatever he wants. He gets to do whatever he wants inside of that, inside of his uh, baby jail. Right. So we set the boundaries. We set the physical boundaries of the yes space. And then we set other boundaries like bedtime is at six 30. Like we don't deviate from that. So like, yes, it's not like he can go. I don't want to go to bed right now. Right. This is when Henry goes to bed. Yeah. So I think, that's really also, he can't talk so he can't say that that's been helpful for me i think as like i'm learning how to become a parent is like learning how to set boundaries and then giving kids freedom within those boundaries yes and i also but like... understanding what the boundaries are and actually dealing with Bo was really helpful for this well, I mean, it's silly in the sense of like you saw me with Bo, and I, I have Bo. I give Bo less boundaries than you do. Yeah. And as a result, Bo licks my face constantly. Yeah. Um, and he never licks my face. Right, but Bo also like loves us both. Yes, of course. In the same sort of you know. But what I was going to say is the the way that we were like 
taught to train Bo, which is a lot of like meet him where he is and don't expect him to be like a different dog than he is. Right. And we can slowly work at things yes. that need to be worked. At. Yes. And also, you know, giving him boundaries and giving him structure and like I, the same sort of principles apply to Henry. Like, well, yeah, you don't, I'm not going to take a, you know, a baby somewhere where I'm going to be worried if he's going to be well behaved. Well, except on, except on a plane. Um, so I don't know. Sorry if we sound like jerks. I'm sure we sound like lunatics. But I know. I'm okay with that because that's how I feel about it. I know. Me too. I'm always just like, you know, I love the kid. But I also love that the kid is sort of his own person. And I like that he... Yeah. One of my favorite things about Henry is that he can literally entertain himself. Yes. He can eat his foot. Yeah. And think it's hilarious and we alone. Can, and we can... We can say this is enough for him. We don't need to shake a toy in his face or, no. you know, put him in a bouncer and or extra saucer. But or, at the same time, I'll, I can sit there and play guitar for him until totally. he doesn't want me to anymore, yeah. which he'll let me know. Yep. So. Or it's time for bed. I don't know. Does that help? Did we help you or hurt you? Yeah. Did we hurt our audience? Do we have any listeners? <laughs> is everyone like these smug assholes? We are the worst. We live in California with no friends. <laughs> this, is, this is why we have no friends. I think we figured it out. Because <laughs> we don't shut up about right. No, that's not true. Smug. We only answered because she asked. I know. It. I know. We we barely talk about it, but she did ask. Yeah. There you go. Rye signals out. We came to the answer of the rye signal. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other Atlanta rise out there? Let us know. Um, this is from Ashley. Man, Dory, I'm certain this is something you can relate to. My husband and I both work in public accounting. I work part time. Ashley, I don't. <laughs> Immediately, I don't. <laughs> um, I work part time, which in public accounting figures out to be normal nine to five hours. Generally, we mm -hmm. both work in tax. so We've been heavily impacted by tax reform. Since December 22nd, 2017, which was both the day tax reform was signed by the president and the day we found out our third transfer worked, my husband has worked six to seven days a week nonstop. We did take Jesus. a seven-day trip to Hawaii when I was 20 weeks, and he did take three weeks off when the baby was born, along with two months of paternity. As I type all this out, I realize I shouldn't be complaining, but I am. Our daughter is now a little over one, and he sees her in the weekday evenings if he's lucky to be home before 7 p.m. and late afternoons on Saturdays and Sundays because he's working in the mornings. My logical brain tells me he's doing this to help make our lives comfortable. My heart tells me that I have reached my money slash work threshold where I'd rather have more time with him on the weekends and less money. He's a perfectionist and is really good at his job. So anything less than all in is not good enough, but I feel like our home life is suffering. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Can you give insight into the mind of a hardworking husband? Is the weekend being off limits too much to ask? Matt and Dory, is there anything you are doing to both be present in the moment on a daily or weekly basis? Any rituals the listeners have? I'm trying not to be a bitch to him because I know he's doing this for us, but I don't know how to encourage him to set better boundaries without coming off as a bitch and getting into a fight. There's also the dynamic that we are both in the same profession, so I totally get the demands, but I know there are ways to set better boundaries. Look forward to your thoughts. 
Ashley in Pittsburgh with 3,700 square feet. Whoa, Ashley. I think you answered your own question. <laughs> Two adults and a one-year-old. We recently lost our sweetest boy, DJ, a 17-year-old oh, Yorkie. Ashley. So I'm right there with Matt and the feels over Bo. Ashley. Um, boy, that's tough. I mean, here's the thing. I've been working a lot since long before Henry came along. Part of the time I tricked myself into thinking, oh, I work so I can afford Henry. And then I started working this, I mean, like this year, I was so fortunate to, you know, I work when we're shooting. I'm on the Goldberg, I'm, I'm, I'm on set every episode the Goldbergs is filming. And that can mean 16 to sometimes 18, sometimes 20 hour days. It's hard. Uh, and it's hard on me and I'm sure on Dory to not be around when the kid's awake. But then we have weekends and, you know, lo and behold, I don't always have the entire weekend because sometimes I have to do a couple of Star Trek podcasts over the weekend and the Matt and Dory podcast. But I try to make those things happen after Henry goes to sleep. Yeah. So that I can at least have the daytime with Henry. Um, I know that's probably not what you want to hear. <laughs> I do trick myself into thinking I do it for Henry and Dory, obviously. But, uh, you know, as we're trying to save money for a house in Los Angeles, I do feel the need to work, 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 work. Um, but I also have, I try to have the balance of, I mean, I'm very lucky because I, when we're on hiatus at, at Goldberg's, I, I'm not there. You know, I'll do some work. I'll look at some edits and stuff like that, but I'll do it on my own time during that week. And, and I try to spend as much time as I can around the baby uh, and around Dory. But it's hard, you know, it's hard to be a workaholic and to also try to balance the whole thing of, Ooh, needing to be there for people who aren't necessarily workaholics, nor do they get it. Maybe you can answer how you feel about this. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. The that, end. That's it? That's all you feel about it? I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I've tried to... I try to like have us do things as a family on weekends. Like I try to make it clear that I would prefer that you not, you know, do non family things on weekends and you pretty much haven't, but yeah, I mean, I don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I'll pot. I literally like all I do on weekends is podcast, sit at car dealerships, um, Hopefully you won't have to sit in another car dealership for three more years. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to get house stuff done. Yeah. I. It's just hard because you have to cram too. everything But there's in. a, ba- you know, that is true. There's a, there's a boundary set by Dory. I mean, she was very like weary of like James Bonding having returned. And I was like, no, no, I, 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 I'll be done before I go back to work. So it won't be a problem. And it wasn't. It hasn't been. Um, but I planned that, you know what I mean? Like I planned to be around for Dory and the baby and I work, I work hard so I can afford to, you know, so we can afford to 
have someone around if Dory needs to do some work, you know, that isn't either of us. Yeah. Um, but it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing. I think there's, I think you're, uh, by all means, I think you should approach it cautiously, but I think you should tell your husband and, and I hope maybe you haven't, but you should let him know that we'd like to see a little more dedicated family time on the weekend. And if that means that you have to work, you know, later on a Saturday night, as opposed to early in the morning on Saturday when our baby's awake. Yeah. Then. I mean, the other thing, the other thing I would maybe suggest is like, could he have some time with her on weekday mornings before he leaves for work? Or is he like me where he leaves the house before the kid's awake? Yeah. Just, we're just wondering, just throwing it out there. Ping that back to us. Let us know. Yeah. Um, we took our second break, right? We sure did. Honey. Okay, great. Um, okay. This is from Emily. I've been a long time listener ever since one of Dory's brief appearances on Star Trek TNC. That's the weirdest way to come in, I think. Or Phoebe. Nope, Star Trek. Yeah, I should do more cameos. You should. I mean, you always try to avoid them. I do. Like the plague. Yeah. But never thought I would have to write in as I'm 26. And while marriage and kids are probably in our future, right now my boyfriend and I are perfectly content existing in a state of semi-adulthood. I know this topic has been mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm not sure if it was this type of situation. Back in May, my boyfriend was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. He had surgery to remove his, his left testicle and his subsequent scans and tests were good. So we thought we were in the clear. The doctors told us not to worry about his future fertility since the one testicle was fully functional and he did not need further treatment. This week, during his first routine scan after we got the all clear, the doctors found that the cancer had spread into the lymph nodes in his abdomen and he will need chemo. Everything is happening very quickly, but it seems that he will need to freeze his sperm mm -hmm. sometime within the next few days since chemo will start next week and he's already down a testicle. Right. Obviously, the main concern is getting him healthy, but my lizard brain keeps focusing on the fertility issue. Kind of boggles my mind that any children we may have might be the result of whatever he shoots out and saves in a jerk-off room <laughs> sure. during the next few days. Yeah. When we do decide to have kids, is it even worth trying, quote, naturally? Could the result of an accidental pregnancy be some sort of mutant chemo monster? No. If we do use his frozen sperm, how many tries will we get? Anyway, I thought I'd send out the working with one ball that has been through mm -hmm. chemo after testicular cancer signal to see if any other listeners have been through something similar. Oh, I'm Thanks for sure. keeping up the podcast during your busy lives. I look forward to it every Monday. All the best, Emily, 1,050 square feet in New Jersey with two semi-adults and a cat named Diane. Um. First of all, I hope your cat Diane was named after Diane Chambers on Cheers. Second of all, I wish your boyfriend well. Same. Third of all, um, he should be freezing that sperm. Just Sounds like he precautionarily. Did. I think, you know, just to, no, just precautionarily. But, you know, the beauty of it is if he had a decent count before with a single testicle, he's gonna still have a decent count. Good point. Um and if his morphology and everything was good, if they said, don't worry about it, then I bet his count was okay and his morphology was okay, which would mean they only need one. Yeah. So. That's true. With ICSI, let's say he had uh, 40 million. That's a, that's a low normal count for one testicle. 
Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm just having 80 to 120. Yeah. Um, then I hope, I mean, I don't know. Again, this is more for a listener, but just someone who just knows about the sperm end of things, not the post testicular <laughs> removal end of things. But you should, you know, if he's got a good one, a good, a good testy, and it's pumping out a number of sperm cells. I know it's just it's hard. It's hard to say. It's, I mean, well, it's just like and so I was going to say, like, it's going to be fine because I don't know. It's hard that that you have to deal with this stuff before you thought you were going to have to deal with this stuff. And I but guess also that that's like, hard to wrap it's your nice that we're here to be like. Don't forget, might never, might not ever go the way you plan. So try to plan for something that doesn't, yeah. you know, you can't really plan well, for. Right? You mean it's good we're here in terms of like science, in terms of or like you like and I being are here. a podcast that is out oh, there sure. to go like you know freeze your eggs, yeah, freeze your sperm, yeah, because you never know. You never know. All right, we should open a clinic. That is just full of very comfortable jerk off rooms. And called You Never Know. You can call it You Never Know. <laughs> yep, that's it. Okay. That's great. the end of the idea. Okay. Uh, all right. We have a couple more emails. Uh, this is from Judith. She says, uh, I wanted to write originally when I finally caught up to your story in real time and was in the middle of my own IVF cycle. I was so grateful for you then and still am. When I hear your show, I feel like I'm hanging out with old friends. We are still doing IVF, by the way. Had a failed transfer in August and for my mental health, waiting till January to try again. I hear you. Anyway, the main reason I'm writing today is because I found a podcast that I think you and your listeners will enjoy. It is called The Bake Down and is a recap show of the Great British Baking Show. Since Netflix is releasing the episodes week to week this time, the recaps are particularly relevant. It is a British podcast and it captures the baking show vibe. So it's almost like getting two episodes in one week. The host has a company called Baking with Legends, where people can sign up for baking classes with Bake Off alums. And his co-hosts are two alumni oh, who are lovely. A fucking brilliant company to have started person. Totally. Uh, I wonder who his co-hosts are. Thanks again for continu- continuing to do the podcast from someone who's still in the trenches. All the best, Judith. 950 square feet in Brooklyn with a husband, two dogs, and a cat. And that reminds me, we have a new episode of Bake Off to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we caught up. So, I mean, we also could, by the way, just wait till we get home, watch it Thursday, and then have Friday's new. Oh, so many options. We caught up once Bread Week happened. We we're like, oh no, what's next? <laughs> Nothing. It was devastating. Um. All right. This. This. I hope the Welsh lady wins, or the tiny woman who works at her mother's classic car company oh, yeah. and shoe store <laughs> yeah and she also has, the super hot teacher lady she has another job classic car lady she has three jobs yeah but the only ones that i remember seeing were the, the shoe, shoe store, store and the classic car because <laughs> i like to narrate the cutaway videos for dory every time well <laughs> oh, you've never done yoga just pretend you're doing yoga <laughs> okay so your kid's gonna play rugby your kid plays rugby right just who cares just put on a rugby shirt and watch your kid play rugby uh, for that 10 second yeah. <laughs> I like the woman the, the vet I like the vet lady too she does make some weird shit I, I don't think she's long for this world mm-hmm. um, alright this is from 
I mean, we could be wrong. What if she wins the whole thing? I mean, what if she becomes a legend that you could bake with? Baking well, she can, legends. and either way, she can become a, a, a baking legend. I'll tell you who's not going to be a baking legend. Dan? <laughs> Whoever the fuck that 20-year-old oh, kid God. was. Sorry for the spoilers. Jer- but Jeremy? Jerry? Jamie. Jamie. Jamie with the, with the 2000. That's not a spoiler. Frosted tips. Yeah, if you didn't think he was going home, wow. <laughs> I question your judgment. Um, okay, this last email is from... He built a, he ba- a showstopper. He made a guitar during Biscuit Week. He didn't even know what a bridge was. He knew he had to make it. He didn't know what the strings went through. He was making a bridge. What a dum-dum. What's that part called? Anyway, he seemed very nice, though. He did. He very seemed sweet. very sweet and dumb. Um, okay. This is from Lex. Lex Conan. How's he doing? Hey there, guys. Right off the bat, you two are trying to figure out who it is that listens to the show as soon as it comes out in the middle of the night, and concluding that it must be listeners in Australia and other places in opposite time zones. Yeah. Well, don't forget those of us whose poor life choices have us working nocturnal shifts. Ah. Matt asked how we were doing out here, so here's my update. It's been a little over a year that I've been working this 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yes. six-day-a-week shift, and apparently... That can have consequences. Oh, no. The last few months have been sort of a haze of lethargy and lack of enthusiasm for anything beyond what is absolutely required of me. I attributed this to being overworked and to a few minor health issues that I've acquired as I get older. Then a couple of weeks ago, my annual physical revealed me to be extremely deficient in vitamin D. You're not seeing the sun. She may have been saying it for effect, but my doctor said it was the lowest that she'd seen. When I looked at the side effects of low vitamin D, it not only included lethargy and depression, but described me and most of my other issues to a T. The only things missing were an appreciation for baseball, 80s metal music, and podcasts. <laughs> anyway, Good. now I'm taking massive doses of vitamin D once a week, and although I feel a little sick the day I take it, I seem to be feeling better overall. As for John and Beverly, other than having to deal with a grumpy husband slash father, they are great. John started high school, and my wife oh my God. is the greatest thing in the universe. I've even mo- mostly managed to convert her into a Giants fan, although her Red Sox loyalty runs deep. That reminds me, Matt, the Giants and Red Sox play each other this week. We should have they made did. some sort of wager. It also occurs to me that I may need some we place to sleep, depending game. on how enthusiastic I get about rooting for my team. <laughs> One last thing. I was thinking about Dory and her issues with larger vehicles. Yes. If you ever find yourself in Indiana, I will gladly give you a crash course in truck driving. Oh, it'll <laughs> be a literal crash course, Lex. <laughs> including backing a semi with a 53-foot trailer into a dock. Then any oh, size personal vehicle will seem downright adorable. You don't want that. I'm here if you need me. Lex. Lex, you don't want that. She'd destroy whatever you brought her. It's pro- pro- probably true. <laughs> she doesn't even deny it anymore. It's a funny thing. I've been beaten down. Uh, and I've been destroyed by, uh, you know, various uh, hours and hours and hours and hours trying to fix the car myself. Yep. Lex, thank you so much. It's time to thank Lex. As you know, everyone, Lex is a supporter of the patron Patreon. He sure is. He is a patron of our podcast. Thank and, you, Lex. Uh, why don't you be like Lex? Join the Patreon. We give two extra episodes every month to our patrons at the five dollar level and above. You get your name mentioned on the podcast. It's a big old thank you. Uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure and get your ass a whole bunch of backlog episodes. That's great. In the meantime, let's thank the following folks. Mr. Bundy. Nancy Powell. Nicola Skidmore. Nikki Bossert. Nikki Maraca. Patrina Faust-Rezig. Uh, Paul Sharp. Paula. Pretty in Beantown. Rachel Downey. Which Beantown? This one? Rachel Kuzma. <laughs> Robert Olson. 
Sabrina Stern. Sandra M. Sarah Prager. Sarah Rystad Long. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sarah M. Sherry Olson. Siri K. Gasky. SJV. Stephanie Thompson. Stephen Azar. Susan Fisher. Tanya Kirschman. The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tyne Ludwig. Tracy Jury. Uh, Victoria D. Wolf Fox. Sandy Barry. Alexandra Fay. Amanda Schramm. Andrea. Uh, Anna Appleton Clayton. Anonymous. Ashley Meller. Ashley Wager. Brian Gusky. Carolyn. Chadwin. Christina. Uh, Danny Cav. Claire Dealey. Danielle Nusiforo. Deanna McLean. Eliza. Elizabeth. Elliot Anaya. Gita Drury. Uh, Greer Watson. Greta. Holly Pubora. Purpura. Purpura. Jackie Spagnolo. Jane Annis. Jennifer Simon. Jennifer T. Brennan. And Jennifer Wang. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. You've all been great. We'll let you know how the return flight goes. We're probably going to get uh, doomed because of the how well the it went. Easy Henry yeah. on the way out. I'm, I'm crank butt on the way. I'm bracing myself. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.